you need to think about how can you create and share content with existing customer that's valuable to them beyond maybe the fix you just did. And you have to look at it, not necessarily, you may not be generating income from that now, but word of mouth is huge so that even if they aren't a repeat customer, and oftentimes they will be, if you treat them the right way. This is Digital Marketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platform you should be focused on to the kinds of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Jeffrey Klein, Mr. Purple, the founder, president, and CEO of Nine Dots, who has had 352,000 views on his TEDx talk, not just because the TEDx talk was fantastic, but because he did a content campaign leading up to it. So today, we're going to talk about the evolution of content in the market in general, and also his evolution to drive more content traffic. So welcome, Jeffrey. Thanks, Mark. Uh, always good to chat with you. Awesome. So let's just, uh, let's get into it. You know, what uh, what did content look like before? Because I know for me personally, I've done content for about 20 years and it has seen a big shift, but there are some real solid, you know, pillars of content that haven't really changed. So I'd love to hear your input just on how you've seen it kind of evolve recently. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, there is a dynamic where, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And so there've been all of those last 20 years, there's been totally new ways to distribute that content. So we have lots of different social media tools and platforms, uh, whether it's blogs or vlogs or, or podcasts per se. Um, and so there are lots of ways to get out there. And so it's, it, that, that has changed and will continue to change. There'll always be new ways to reach people. But part of it is about, A, how do you create that consistency with content? And B, how do you make sure your content is worth the time people are going to give you to pay attention to it? And, you know, I fundamentally believe, as most marketers should and most do, the best way to communicate is through telling a story. So that's been true since, you know, cavemen, you know, drew on the wall. Uh, and it's still true today that if you really want to connect with your audience, the best way is to create what I like to refer to as story content. You know, that story-based driven narratives that may include a lot of the facts and figures that you want to include, but giving that context of a story will make it more memorable and will make it more sticky so that people will actually understand what you're talking about. And so the context of content remains critical that you connect with people and you have something that's going to resonate with them. And so there's certain fundamental things that haven't changed, but what has changed is the amount of content out there. So I talk about in my book and, and oftentimes infobesity. Uh, information overload. We have more information bombarding us all day, every day than ever before, and it just keeps getting faster and more. IBM, the statistic I always find really interesting is IBM says that all the ninety percent of all the content that's been created in the world was created in the last two years, and that's a couple of years old. So it's probably even less. Uh, so it's important to have uh, some plan in place to make sure that you're going to stand out among all that noise. I love that. Well, the infobesity, I love that term from your book because it's like, oh, you know what? That's so true. We just have, well, it's not just that there's a lot of content. It's a lot of content in a million different mediums. Some mediums that didn't exist before, like VR, augmented reality. And now it's like, hey, and now you could be immersed in the content all the time. So uh, how do you kind of go about, you know, organizing not just the content, like what content should I be making? Because before, I'd say for the last 10 years, it's just been like, do a keyword search 
optimized based on keywords. That was all about that and really had no consideration over, you know, say the brand or the overall message and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. I'm not really the SEO guy. And so for me, I, I have, even though I know the importance of keywords and things for me, it's more about being on brand. I'm a brand person. I, that's where I, I'm oriented from. Uh, and for me, the most important place to start with content is about your audience. So I came up with this concept, the 11th commandment, know thy audience. I think part of the issue is that we're spending time spinning our wheels, creating content that they may not care about. And until you understand your audience and you really know what matters to them, you're just you know wasting time. Um, so that's where you start. You really figure out well, what what is it that I know, the problems that I solve that matter to the specific audience I'm trying to reach. And it's it's a foundational thing, but surprisingly, a lot of businesses still don't operate that way. They're too focused on themselves, talking about how great they are, talking about how long they've been in business. I mean, I look at these oh, since nineteen oh three, and it's like okay, that's great. And I, I always say somewhat to clients, nobody cares about what you do. And I'm like, what do you mean nobody cares? I'm like, nobody cares about what you do. They only care about what you can do for them. And so it's really important that we have that customer-centric mentality when thinking about the kinds of content that we're going to create. And so I think that's that's something that's fundamental in terms of your planning. So when you're thinking about different, and I, I think it's important to have kind of content pillars. So things that are going to be easy to organize. So I joke that I, I have a content pillar called marketing dad jokes as an example. And those silly little jokes that are, you know, my mentality, but my audience are kind of people like me. Uh, and that makes uh, it a little bit easier. But it's the same thing where I'm trying to create levity. I'm trying to showcase um, something that will make them smile, sometimes cringe, but, you know, even that, get, get a reaction out of them um, and bring something, you know, because we're so uh, bombarded from infobesity that having that kind of light touch every now and again is, is something that's important. And, and something that, and it's, and it's kind of who I am. It's kind of what my brand is about. You know, I don't take myself too seriously. I take what I do seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. And so I think that's important. I think I get hired by people partly because I don't take myself seriously. And I bring that to them that, you know, the, they are, you know, working in their world and they're kind of heads down. And so sometimes I come up and I say, Hey, that's mixed up a bit. So it's understanding what your audience is going through what's important to them, what do they care about, and then reverse engineering content that connects what you do with what they care about. Love that. Now, it, it's usually, it's tough because you have the the organic side where people say like, no, just make good stuff. Like if you have good information, people are going to find it and, and then you'll get the sale versus, you know, say the keyword centric or even the ad centric kind of content where you you know you're trying to target somebody for a specific reason and, and you'll target them however it's going to make them take action. Uh, that kind of in between where you're connecting good content with action. Uh, do you have advice on that? Because I found it's, I mean, for me, I just made it really simple. Back when I had an e-commerce brand that imported uh, you know, fitness equipment, I knew that if I did an article about the top five ways to use a kettlebell, that I could put a kettlebell ad in there. And now my content marketing is connected with the revenue stream. Uh, do you have a suggestion for any business to accomplish that kind of uh, connection? Yeah. And, and I think, again, it, it's that deeper understanding of your audience. So focusing on what their problem is, because if you have a product or service that should be of value, otherwise I don't know how you're going to sell it ever, but you, let's assume that you have something of value that's good quality and that people want, then it's about just contextualizing that in a way that's going to resonate with them. So that, and I think one of the two most powerful pieces of content are case studies and testimonials. 
because what you're doing is you're showcasing where you help someone else or someone's talking about how you help them. And if that audience is the same as the audience you're trying to reach, they're going to go, oh, wait, I have that same problem. Therefore, I should go and hire this company because they have the same solution. And, and so I think it's about having that fundamental understanding and then having a simple way. I think a lot of people overcomplicate things with content. They're trying to be too fancy and they get too, you know, in the weeds of what they do where they really be like, step back. And, and that's partly why I created this model called the story pad. That's very simple about how to uh, help people. You know, I believe Aristotle started with a three act structure. And I still think that's the fundamental way that we like to, you know, to digest content. The way we like to say stories and whether it's movies or books, I don't think business, business communication should be any different. So the story pad, the PAD represent the beginning, middle and the end of the story. So the P represents the pain or the problem of your audience. The A is the answer or solution, your product or service that's going to help that problem. And some businesses will stop it right there. They're like, okay, you've got a problem. We've got an answer. But I actually think the D in story pad is really important. And that's the difference it makes in that person's business or in their life. So I'll give you an example. And I, and I use this example a lot because it's people kind of understand, but um, I'm trained as a lawyer. I, I know a lot of lawyers and uh, personal injury lawyers often get a bad rap because uh, as what they do. But what I think are pretty good marketers uh, in the sense that they address the story pad. They, you go on the subway, you go on to see a bus that says, have you been injured in an accident? Now, if you have been injured in an accident, you're like, oh, wait, I need to pay attention. And if you haven't been injured in an accident, you won't pay attention, which means you're focused targeting right on the people that matter. And then it's, okay, what's the solution? So the answer to that problem is we can help you win compensation. And then the, the D is the difference. And you will then be old, or you'll be compensated, or you'll be better off. And it's the transformation that I think people often don't think about it. They, they kind of stop short. And it's really important that not only do you have this problem, but this is what life is going to look like afterwards. After we've solved this problem, now you're going to be like, oh, and this is how things have sort out. So I think it's important to have a very simple but important way of describing the way that you connect, get people's attention to then have them uh, learn more about what you can do to help them. I love that. I hate to interrupt our podcast, but I have an announcement about Digital Marketers Content Certification. Content without a content marketing strategy is an expensive mistake, but it's one that most businesses are making. When it comes to content marketing, all content should be created with a clear purpose to move a customer or potential customer along the customer value journey. That's why you need Digital Marketers Content Mastery Certification. You'll learn how to leverage a complete content system to strategize, create, and distribute content that just plain works. When you become a certified content marketing strategist, you'll master the craft of systematically creating and promoting content that drives noticeable revenue for any business, and you'll get a badge to prove it. Learn more right now at digitalmarketer.com slash content cert. You know, very results oriented and customer, you know, centric. Uh, a digital marketer, we call it the before and after grid, where we're basically trying to determine the avatar based on like, okay, well, what they have before, you know, the emotion they had, their experience, and all, all these different elements. And then after they get your product, what do they have after versus what, you know, marketers and just everybody in general is like, no, I'm going to talk about the features. We have the best quality, blah, and we have the best, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to buy because of that. They're going to have a better experience because of that, maybe come back because of that. But you're talking about acquisition versus retention then. 
And that's not what we're talking about here. But, you know, actually, let's, let's talk about that then. You know, in terms of content, you do have a lot of people who say, well, I got to do all this stuff because I need brand awareness. And that's kind of like a default, you know, uh, reason for the 90% of marketing. Uh, how do you differentiate content that's kind of focused on that that brand awareness where the other content's focused on uh, retention or, you know, lifetime customer value and all that good stuff? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think when they talk about content marketing, they, it's often defined as creating consistent and valuable content for a specific target, very simple. And the consistent part is what often gets people into trouble. They'll be good for a little while and then they drop off. Comes, their business gets in the way. Uh, and I also believe that content matters based on where your audience is in the sales process. So you think of a sales funnel, brand awareness is at the top of the funnel. And so therefore you need to grab their attention because you can't tell them that too much about you because they haven't, they haven't even, if they're not aware, they don't even know whether or not they're, they should pay attention. So I think the content shifts slightly from where they are in the customer journey. And, and so from that perspective, I think when you start out, that's why that headline of have you been, you know, an interview accent, or are you suffering from X or are you interested in Y? Um, if the audience has that concern or that issue, that problem, then you'll give their attention. Then you'll, as they get further down the funnel, have the opportunity maybe to share some of those features and benefits now, because now they're comparing a few different things and you're trying to make sure that, you know, hey, these are the ways that we do it. Uh, in terms of keeping a customer, I think that's the other thing that a lot of businesses fail at, which is they get the, 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 the uh, customer, they deliver their service, and then they don't talk to them anymore. And it's like, you're missing out on a huge opportunity there because it's much easier to keep a, a, a customer than it is to acquire a customer. And so you need to think about how can you create and share content with existing customers that's valuable to them beyond maybe the fix you just did. And you have to look at it not necessarily, you may not be generating income from that now, but word of mouth is huge so that even if they aren't a repeat customer, and oftentimes they will be if you treat them the right way, but if they have a good experience with you and you continue to have that conversation, you know, one of you asked about the shifts in, in kind of content marketing, one of the big differences is it's now a conversation. You know, the old paradigm of marketing being broadcast to people, now it's about what do you have to say or what do I have to say? So I think it's really important for people to continue the conversation beyond the transaction. And that's the difference of content being just focused on the sale versus the relationship. And that's where content is really powerful. When you build a relationship with a, a customer, they become a brand advocate. They're, they become someone who talks about the way they've been treated, you know, the experience they've had. And I, I quote uh, Maya Angelou's famous quote, people may forget what you did, or, or but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but the point being that Customer experience is as important as ever. And it's before the transaction, the actual transaction, and the post-transaction. I think that's where people flip a little bit. They're like, you know, we're, we're much looking at the next sale, the next sale, the next sale, as opposed to really retaining people by creating content that is related. Uh, if you buy a product, you know, what, what are the tips and tricks you can share after the fact that are going to be helpful to maximize the value of that transaction? How about a follow-up survey? Make sure they still enjoy the product or what, you know, what feedback do they have? So there are lots of ways to, to engage your customer beyond and post-sale that I think is really important in terms of a content strategy, how you're helping people continually keep them top, keep yourself top of mind, but also 
be genuinely interested in helping them. And I think that's something, you know, it's talked about a lot now, transparency and authenticity, and it matters. It really matters. Well, no, I didn't, you know, preaching to the choir here because I think, you know, all these elements are awesome. But I'm going to ask one more technical question that I want to hear how you kind of blew up your TEDx talk using content. All of it sounds great. I love it. Problem is you have a lot of executives that have no understanding of how content works, how brand awareness works, how that kind of that relationship you're talking about is quantified. So if you're a content marketer, you're going to an executive and you're trying to justify, you know, a big campaign because content's not easy to do. Even with AI, it still takes a lot of work. Got to get it out there. Got to, you know, uh, assess it, collect it, optimize it, all these different things. And at the end of the day, you can't look at you know a metric like you can with paid ads and say, hey, well, we did these ads, it led to this conversion rate and we got this much money. You can't do that with content. How do you kind of justify the amount of effort that goes into it to somebody who's looking for that type of relationship between numbers and actions? Yeah, I think part of it is understanding that just because you can't measure everything doesn't mean it doesn't have an impact. And also the fact of it, there's a part of it now where it's one of those things you kind of have to do, whether you want to or not, uh, because it, the, it's the failure of doing it, the consequences of not having a strong campaign, uh, a strong content marketing plan that will hurt you because your competitor, everyone's doing it. So if you don't want to get left behind, that's one, I mean, and that's not the best reason, but a lot of actually CEOs, they're, they're more worried about what they're going to lose and what they're going to gain as human beings. That's what we're motivated by, strangely, like the loss more than what we might gain. So what are you going to lose if you don't have content marketing is you're going to lose market share. You're going to lose the opportunity. You're going to lose a lot of things. And what I think about is that you may not connect with someone initially because of any kind of content marketing until maybe you've done some paid advertising. But once someone has gotten aware of you, maybe through an ad, they're going to come and look, you know, everyone likes to do due diligence now. So they may look at blogs that you've written. They may look at your social media. They may sign up for your email. And then it's about like, okay, what do you got for me now? You got me with your ad and now it's about what else you got. And so I think by having consistency that then leads to loyalty. And that's, I think the argument you have to make is, yeah, an ad may get you that one sale. You know, ad may get you then to consider purchasing, but to keep them happy, to keep them as a customer and as someone who then tells their friend, because a good customer experience will then lead to them sharing it. When someone has a great experience, well, then do they talk about it? You know, and the old school of like your neighbors, now it's digital. So now everyone's going online and writing the reviews and writing. And so again, it's in terms of having a reputation, you know, where you are engaged with your audience on an ongoing basis matters because it leads to all these things, but it's really about building that relationship. So I would say to the CEO, listen, you know, we can do some advertising. You can get a quick fix. Is that, are you interested in, in any kind of medium to long-term success and the retention of your clients? And there are a lot, plenty of metrics about what it looks like when you have good retention and engaged uh, customer base. So I think the argument is it's part of, it's no single marketing tactic is a silver bullet. I think this is one of the challenges we have with a lot of our customers is they expect, oh, wait, I'm going to do a video and it's going to change the world and I'm going to make lots. And it's not one thing, it's the, it's the aggregation. And I think that's why having a strategy um, for content as much as for the advertising is super important. And they integrate, they support one another. 
It's not like, oh, this does this and this does that. The idea is that they worked in tandem, in unison together to drive people to have a better impression of your brand than they would absent it. And therefore, they're they're more loyal. Well, I, I love how you mentioned the paid media part, because I think if you actually ran other types of marketing, like you run paid media with the A-B testing and and you can't test results. It's not like there's no metrics for content because you can say, hey, I posted this many videos, this many articles, this many podcasts. They generate this traffic to the website organically. And now I could justify based on the number of sales we got from the website what that content actually led to. It's just a few more steps than saying, oh, they clicked on the ad or they bought or they didn't. So I think it is definitely possible, like you said, and it's, uh, you know, and if you do need to, then, you know, get the digital marker content marketing cert and there's an ROI calculator in there and then use that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so with all go that- Go and get that. If you haven't done it, go get your ROI calculator. <laughs> uh, so with that said, let's talk about your case study. You know, I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show that you had a TEDx talk, you have 352, you know, thousand- uh, views on it. And it wasn't just because the talk was good. You actually did content to to drive people to that. How, how did that work? It worked and it continues to work. So I'll, I'll say it that way in terms of, and I've tried a lot of different ways of promoting it. As an example, one of the content pillars I share are TEDx Tuesdays. So I took my TEDx talk and clipped it, chopped it up into pieces and shared that on my social platforms. And it does two things. One, you know, with, with organic social media, you know, if I have a thousand people following me, you know, and I post something, maybe five of them see it if I'm lucky. <laughs> so by the fact that it's not just a one and done, and that's, I think, a really important part about the difference. I used to, you know, create all this content and be really proud of this content. I put it out there. And when it didn't do anything, I'd be like, oh, I guess that didn't work. And then I took all that effort you talked about and just put it in a box and put it in a, in a, in a closet and in, in the basement and never saw it again. Um, and I realized, wait a minute, first of all, it's not a one and done. I can share that content again. And I think a lot of uh, businesses who are doing content marketing are sharing something once. And then when it doesn't have immediate response, they're like abandoning it. And I think that's a big lost opportunity because um, there's a concept that uh, from my friend, Annie Schiffman, who's um, a social media uh, expert, talks about playing the hits. And I love this concept of playing the hits, which is, you know, if if you have a piece of content that's really good, you don't just want to play it once and then never play it again. It's like, you know, imagine, and I, and I radio stations maybe overdo it a bit with a popular song, but it's not like a song comes out and the news tells us and we play it for you on the radio. I'm like, hope you liked it. And off they go. No, they play it over because people like it. And I think, again, the idea of repurposing things is super important in, in content. And a lot of people are so driven, like, I got to create more, I got to create more, I got to create new. Um, they don't realize that, no, no. And so I, one of the strategies that I implement with people is take content that has worked and reshare it over time, you know, because I think, A, your audience may be different, the people who actually see it and the people you know and the people that have engaged with your, you know, maybe different from a year ago and two years ago. Um, and that's why it's important to have that evergreen content that you can reshare. And that's also important to integrate it in terms of what I call fresh cut content. So if something happens in the news or in you know trending that relates to something you may have created before, now you can repurpose it as something new and connect it. You know, there's an element of being able to connect it to something that's happening now. Uh, so with my TED talk, you know, when, when you start with a TEDx talk and you put it out there, you're like, and and you're not the one really controlling it because it's on the TEDx 
or the or the tent site. So it's about how do you get people dr to drive to that piece of content? And I think one is by sharing pieces of it, whether it's through email. I, and again, it's not one thing. It's not like I said, okay, I'm going to share just on LinkedIn because that's where my audience mostly is. I'm sharing on LinkedIn. I'm sharing an email. I'm sharing an, an Instagram because different people will look at different ways. And again, consistency. So it's about doing it consistently over time. You know, I didn't get three. If you get, you know, 100,000 views in, in a week, something's weird, you know? Yeah. You know, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you did you something know, really right, but it's, uh, you know, maybe you're on TV, you know, maybe you're, yeah, it, yeah it, it does, you know, but that's the exception. The way that people build their relationship audience is over time. And so there's a way, that, again, that consistency, I know I've said it a few times now, is because it's work. You know, I think people don't, you know, it's work to both read the content, it's work to then share the content, and it's work to keep thinking about it beyond the value. And, and then to review what's working, what's not. And sometimes you're not sure, and then you, you have to like, how are you going to judge? How are you going to, are you going to ask people, Hey, did you see? And then obviously when you're looking at a piece of content that you want to promote, how, you know, you can try something new. And I've done that sometimes where you try one thing different, you know, the kind of AB testing in, in the, in the macro where you're trying something here and then you ship something. Um, but it's about a campaign where I've wanted people. So the, the, one of the ways that I got it up higher was through audience segmentation, finding audiences that would be interested in that particular topic. So, and I work with someone who did use keywords and did use those things. So I don't want to, you know, to say that those things don't matter because they do in terms of helping you find the right people. And so targeting the right people with the right message consistently over time is, is critical to having it actually have results. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, it's, you know, everybody wants to, you know, the golden ticket or bullet or whatever you want to call it. And uh, no, it's just doing the work and, and the consistency piece. I love that you said that too about reusing the content because it actually is just good marketing. I, I always talk about a, a case that I did uh, several years back. I think it was like seven years ago where I, I did a photo shoot for a company and they actually used the same photography for eight years. And, and you think like, oh, that's terrible. They should have shot new pics, but the product didn't change. And what it led to was that people were seeing this one image over and over and over again and believe it or not but that's that's good branding where it's like no you're hitting them with the same similar content again and again even if it's reused they'll be like oh i've seen that like 50 times now i must have some connection to it so then they finally pick it so a lot yeah, you know say that's kind of like you know yes some brands do a refresh of their logo but if if, if a brand changed a logo dramatically every year how would you, that how make can no you sense, go you know yeah. You know, and so yeah, I think it's about building that consistency. Not and and the consistency is too the consistency in in being on brand. So it's not like oh well, now all of a sudden our brand is totally different. It's about consistency of brand and consistency over time. You can mix things up as long as you're still on brand and and sharing you know things that are in the same genre of what you're doing over time. So it's not like oh, you have to have the same you know quote every week. You know, if I I'm going to share one quote. For the next 52 weeks, it's going to be exactly the same, and it's going to be by Mark DeGrasse. Now, that might be the exception where everyone loves it so much, it just keeps on working. Well, my point being is that there's there's ways to use it, and you may have a quote that really resonates and really represents your brand. You use it once, and then you use it in six months, and then you use it in 12 months. And again, you have it a way where people go, oh, I've seen that before. Oh, yes, I know what that's about. 
and it makes that connection and reinforces. I mean, I think that's one of the things that people don't recognize is that content not only connects you, it reinforces that connection over time. I love that. When done properly. Yes. Well, and I think that that connection you're talking about isn't linear. You know, I think we think of people looking at our brands. They're like, oh, well, they probably saw the logo and then they saw our homepage and then they checked this out on Facebook. And then there's like this linear progression to like somebody understanding your brand where instead it's completely random. And they may have seen a Facebook ad and then they saw something on you know the Internet and then they saw something over here and all of it spread over three years. (laughs) And so it's it's not like this clean path. And I think if you get stuck in that kind of thinking that you could somehow control what's going to happen with somebody interacting with your brand, then you've already pretty lost. Not that you shouldn't have a plan. Everybody should have a plan. But well, I think I think the control what you do have control over is the plan. You don't have mm. control over how people react to certain things. Well, you have control over the, the actions you take today and how you're going to build something over time, and then have, build into that plan how you're going to review and assess. Uh, one of the concepts in my book is the ERA. You experiment, because that's what marketers do. I always joke that marketing is part art and part science, so you got to experiment. Well, you experiment, and then you review, and then you adjust. And so it's about doing that consistently with the same things that you've been doing. You know, you don't, when I say experiment, I don't be like, okay, well, today you did you know, a, a video uh, um, testimonial, and tomorrow I want you to jump off a bridge. You know, uh, and uh, with a parachute, and you, you pretend you're Red Bull. You know, it has to be, you know, on brand. It has to be consistently. Yeah, maybe every now and then you mix it up and see what happens. But if you do something wild that isn't connected to your brand, then you've just done yourself a disservice. And I always like when you look at commercials, like that commercial was awesome. It was so creative. I'm like, what was it for? I'm like, I don't remember. That's a terrible ad. So I'd rather you have a boring guy that people remember than a fantastic guy that no one knows what it's for. Oh, course, or, or just a consistent ad, and it can be terrible. And I think that that's another judgment that we, we make on content too. Like all of it has to be perfect and refined and blah, 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 versus like, no, it could be a complete mistake. You could have said something horribly wrong and you had to go back in and apologize for it. And somehow that piece got more hits than anything else you've ever done. So- which gets to the genuine piece we talked about, which is, is you know, I always say I produce video and I said, sometimes there's a, a place, a time to do professional, you know, beautiful produced video, but that doesn't mean you should stop because that could get pretty costly. And nowadays we all have a studio in our pocket and we should be using it. And so maybe the lighting isn't perfect to me. It doesn't matter because if you're just sharing what's going on in a genuine way, that will connect with people. No, I, I love it. Well, and I think, it, you know, like you said, it always goes back to consistency. Like as long as you are, you know, saying the same thing to the same audience or something similar, the messaging is there, then it's going to start to resonate over time. And the viral component is actually, you know, the the cherry on top because you can't control or predict when that's going to happen. And so you just make good stuff in the meantime. So uh, excellent uh, principles of content. I think everybody should take them, learn from them and uh, learn more from them if they can, which leads me to your book. It's uh, out. Probably out. Yes, it is out. Um, the, the idea behind it is I often tell people, you know, every business needs to feed the beast and he's always hungry. The content beast needs to be fed. And so the idea behind the book was to help people. There are lots of things kind of all over the place that you can kind of pull from here or there. And I tried to 
kind of put it all together in a way that's simple and easy to follow and is full of a bunch of stories that are going to resonate with you to reinforce the message because that's kind of my you know my uh, philosophy is that you reinforce things by telling good stories uh, but there are lots of tips and tools and bonus things worksheets to help people have you know both the, the, the theoretical concepts behind them and then actual um, action items, tangible takeaways that they can implement uh, right away. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to check it out. You can go to the contentbeast.co or go on Amazon. Either way, uh, check it out. Wow, fantastic, Jeffrey. Really appreciate your time. Uh, again, love your principles. I think they're they're very direct and applicable to any business. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's do the work. Just get out there and do the work. And no viral person you've ever seen that's been successful for any amount of time didn't also do the work and the virality came from it. So uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I trap. All right. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where it can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.